Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. There are only two teams left in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they are going to play for the 2022 Stanley Cup final. They are the Colorado Avalanche of the Western Conference and the two-time defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning from the East. Drew, just an amazing conference final, really, in, in both coasts, in both conferences. But now we have the ultimate setting up. And what goes through the mind of the players as they approach this? Excitement. They're hungry for different reasons. You looked and you saw the Colorado Avalanche take that step as a franchise that they've taken before, but took a while to get where they were now, get where they are now, because they had some pain on the way in. And some resilience, and I love that word, from the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning showed you that they know how to win hockey games. It was four straight for the Colorado Avalanche. It was eventually four straight for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the way that Tampa played against the Rangers, especially in that elimination game, now it's now, again, one goal game in the elimination game, Vasilevsky allows one goal. As John Cooper said, defense is a conscientious choice. And the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning players know how to play away from the puck. They have got to be feeling pretty confident in their chances, as Colorado would be feeling confident too. Let's go right to the highlights of the last game that we yeah. played between the Lightning and the New York Rangers because it was a fantastic game. And it all began with a guy that you would expect to score big goals in big games, their captain, Steven Stamkos. Draw one by the Rangers. Cop backhands it in. Vasilevsky holds on to it. The nearboard Sergachev to Palat. Palat under pressure. Can he clear? Yes. To Stamkos in center. Stamkos protects it across the blue line to the right circle. Shoot, score! What a shot from Steven Stamkos! one nothing Lightning with 9.17 left in the second. Shoot the butt, score the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Espo there. Reminds me of somebody else who said, it's yeah. in the net. It's in the net. There it is. It's in the net. The great Pete Stamkowski and Jamie Baker's goal. Yep. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I think that the shot that Stamkos took on that goal was brilliant because was. he set up a screen and he put the puck exactly where he had to put it with a laser opportunity. How many players can really do that on the fly? I don't think there are too many. He's extremely talented, obviously. That was he using the defender as a screen was Fox. He was using as a screen was really well done. Um, I used to think that Stephen Stamkos was a pretty boy goal scorer. Um. He still is a pretty boy goal scorer, but he is a warrior now too. He's been through it with the injuries that he's had and how he keeps persevering, how he keeps coming back. He was, he was, he has been dynamite in these, in these playoffs, but this last series, he was top notch. 
hey, credit the Rangers. They got a power play opportunity. And Frank Vitrano, who had that great game against the Sharks just before getting traded to Broadway, came up with a big one for the Blue Shirts. To the right of the Tampa Bay goal. Cop wins it back. Vitrano fires. He scores! Frank Vitrano on the power play has tied the game at one. That was a great goal. And you notice both those goals came right after faceoffs. How many times during the last season and the last few seasons have we seen winning a draw in the offensive zone being key to scoring a goal? Especially in a power play, right? There's nothing more demoralizing for a power play than having the draw one and then it gets sent down to 200 feet. You got to regroup and come back. Rangers did a good job uh, all, all series, in fact, all playoffs on the power play and on face-offs, especially in the last game. It was interesting though. Wasn't a great call. I thought I thought it was a it was a late call. I thought Lafreniere sold it. Um you're talking about the penalty on Stamkos yeah, that Stamkos is in the, the box. Power play. Exactly. Yep. Thank you for explaining that. I should be not cutting corners there. Um and when the face-off happens, Kalorn tries to get out, he's tripped for Toronto scores. They flash to John Cooper on the bench and John Cooper looks over at one of the officials, not sure which one. And you can see him mouth the words, that one's on you. John Cooper doesn't do that. Like, he, he's not, it, he doesn't have a lot of hyperbole on the bench. He just, he's not, um, not a guy who waving his hands and yelling at referees. But when he says something like that, he just points and he just goes, that one's on you. I thought that was old. <laughs> well, yeah, norm, norm, normally in his legalese career, he would say, Mr. Referee, can you please explain <laughs> that call? Exactly. But uh, but not that time. And of course, the, the, the pressure was on because there was only, you know, at that point, it was 1145 right. into the third period. And, you know, third period of a game that could decide a trip to the Stanley Cup final. Rangers get the power play. They're so devastating there. They win the draw. Vetrano scores. And so here we go. It was on them. But as it turned out, Steven Stamkos jumped out of the penalty box and did this. Truba, a pass to the lightning line blocked by Hedman. He'll feed it up the middle. Miller a block. Lafreniere who drew the penalty, steals and dumps it in. Hedman up the far side for Andre Pilat. Leads Kuchov on the right side at center. Across the blue line, right point. In front for Stamkos. Shoot! Save Shesterkin! Sturkin! Now Shesterkin is saying it was knocked off his glove and in. The Lightning celebrate. We're going to have to see a replay on this. Well, they did. They had to review it, and they reviewed it very, very intensively, as you can imagine. But as it turned out, it looked like the puck uh, went in legally. And so Steven Stamkos gets the goal of his life to put the Lightning into the Stanley Cup final for the third time. And, of course, the final moments of the game were pretty exciting in Tampa. Here's the faceoff. Won by the Rangers. Uh. Left circle, left point Adam Fox. Fox, left point to Banerjad, shoots, pat save made Vasilevsky, nine seconds left, Kreider, a pass blocked by Chernak, bumps it, finding that McDonough, trying to golf it up the far side, it's blocked, rebound Kopp, right corner, one second left, and the Lightning are heading back to the Stanley Cup final! They beat yes, the Rangers 2-1, to one, and they win the series in six games! Back to the final, baby! Wow, wow. That's terrific. <laughs> Phil Esposito and Dave Mishkin, Espo with the color, Mish calling the play-by-play so enthusiastically for Lightning fans and on Lightning Radio. And, you know, that basically says a lot about what's going on. But I want to get to John Cooper after the game because yeah. he said so many in- incredible things. First, his thoughts on getting to the Stanley Cup final for a third year in a row. 
just sitting up here right now and thinking of the magnitude of like going to a third Stanley Cup final. You grew up as a kid, and I was not near good enough to play in this league. But when you're growing up in Canada, uh, you always dream about having your name on the Stanley Cup. And to get there the first time was, I mean, it was a dream come true. To get there a second time, like the next year, was like, it was uh, like a dream. Like, there's no way we're, we're going back. And to go a third time is unthinkable. That, And you got to look at the players. And I sit back and I'm just impressed. I'm impressed by them. It's impressive what they've done. And to watch their growth, watch the pain. Shit, maybe, maybe Torts is right. Maybe he did create a monster. Because <laughs> they, uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm utterly impressed by what they do to win a hockey game. And the fact that they, they have every excuse in the world to not. Because nobody would fault them by saying, hey, you won one, you won two. And to come back and, and go for a third, I'm impressed. Like, it's probably a, not the greatest word to use, but I'm damn impressed by this, uh, by this group. How about John Cooper, 54 years of age? He actually said it in that clip. He's not good enough to play even close to the National Hockey League. Plays lacrosse at Hofstra, gets his law degree and decides that his passion for hockey is too much and wants to coach. Kudos to his family, first of all, for saying, that's okay, yes. John, do whatever you want. Goes to the North American Hockey League and wins. got uh, wins there. Uh, did it for a couple teams. Goes to Green Bay in the U.S. Hockey League, which is actually an outstanding program. Yeah. And that's one of the, the real top ones that gave him a, a, a shot. Wins, wins there. Then he goes to Norfolk, wins the Calder Cup. Then... <laughs> Then he goes to Syracuse where he met a, a young assistant coach named Rob Zettler yes. and took him under his wing. And then he becomes the coach of the Tampa Bay lightning in 2012. And he's missed the playoffs twice. There've been a couple of opportunities for Tampa to blow things up after that. They never did. And now he's got two consecutive championships. I have to say that I'm impressed by the lightning, but I'm impressed by John. Cooper. Oh, I'm, you know, we're both fans of coaches. We both understand how hard it is to do that. And it's even, I think, tougher now than it used to be when I was a coach way back 30 years ago. The, what John Cooper does and how he interacts and how he expresses his thoughts, but also gratitude for the players and their efforts is always impressive to me. When he was talking about John, he said Torts is right. And John Tortorella um, said this year that when Tampa lost to John Tortorella's Columbus Blue Jackets before they got on this run of two Stanley Cups, now three finals in a row, John Tortorella said, well, we created a monster because, again, they had to learn that loss. They had to learn like, what they have to do and, and, and not come up with those, as John Cooper said, excuses to lose games. Instead, they come up with ways, as you said, team find a way to win games. This is an impressive team with a very impressive coach, and you go back, I think you brought up a really good point, Danny. When they lost to Tampa, top team in the league, 
or when they lost, I should say, the Columbus top team in the league loses to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Wasn't supposed to happen. Could have happened. What ever? Like what? Ninety percent of GMs. What would they have done? They would have fired the coach. They exactly. would have blown up the team. They would have traded Stamkos yep. or Kucherov and started over. Exactly. And then they would have messed everything up. Exactly. They didn't make that mistake. Steve Eisenman didn't make the mistake. Julian Brisbane just, they just kept it rolling and did a fantastic job. And that's why they are who they are. Every series has a turning point and coaches generally don't like to admit when they were, but now that the series was over, John Cooper told the media when he thought the turning point of this series was. Oh, I told you eight minutes left in the second period of game two. And, uh, I, I felt, uh, we didn't win that game, uh, but I felt we were coming. And it's you, you don't want to use that layoff as an excuse. You don't want to have anything. But that Ranger team, uh, Gerard Gallant's going to be sitting here in not too long, a future. Um, they, but it's hard. And when you go seven, you go seven, you go six. That was their 20th playoff game in 40 days. Like, our guys, it's hard to play 20 regular season games in 40 days, let alone playoff games. And for them to get as far as they did and do it, it's, uh, I'm amazed by what they did, let alone what we did. And so <clears throat> the playoffs at times can be a war of attrition. And I think in the end, the layoff helped us. Didn't early, but no layoff hurt them. And, and the long series. And listen, it's, uh, I mean, these games are 2-1, 3-2. They're all extremely tight games. But we, they gave us everything. And again, like I said, they just had to play a lot of games. And, and uh, it, was, it benefited us in the end. Reminds me of the San Jose Sharks drive to the Stanley Cup final. Everybody talks about uh, that seven-game series against Nashville as potentially being what took just enough energy out of the Sharks. That one overtime game when Joe Pavelski looked like he scored the winning goal, they turned out losing it in triple overtime when Mike Fisher got it for uh, for Music City. And it took the Sharks seven games instead of five, perhaps, to win that series. Little things like that go a long way. Yeah, and just like listen to what John said, 20 and 40. That's tough, man. Incredible. That is hard to do, especially at playoff level. The Rangers were outstanding. Shesterkin, though, in, when you look at guys that you could say, well, he's going to be a future Stanley Cup champion, maybe Con Smythe winner, Igor Shesterkin, goaltender for the Rangers, definitely could be one of those guys you put atop the list that has the potential to be a series winner. I can't, I can't believe this, Drew, but they've found a guy to replace. Henrik Lundqvist. I know. And, and he played. 15 years with the Rangers, they found another guy who could maybe do the same thing. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? They, that your, uh, it was Dave Maloney said it, who was the former captain of the Rangers and now broadcaster for them said, uh, your rebuild gets a little easier when you can go from Henrik Lundqvist to Igor Sisterka. Well, that's true. I thought <laughs> one of the most interesting moments and really coolest moments too, uh, was to watch them in the handshake line, not only Cooper, but Rob Zettler too, with Barkley Goodrow, who's yeah. such a big part of the Lightning Stanley Cup runs the last couple of years, playing on the other side this year. And uh, there were some long embraces and uh, and pats on the back and, and smiles uh, between those guys. Very well-respected individual and for good reason. The Sharks, Sharks fans loved him for good reason. Tampa Bay fans, he helped them win a cup and he did so great uh, this year with the Rangers. You know, it was fun in the, in the, in the, uh, 
in the handshake line before they start shaking hands, you know, Tampa's embracing each other and uh, giving the high fives and putting the hats on. Pat uh, Patrick Maroon comes over to John Cooper <laughs> and smiles, and John Cooper gives him a big slap on the tail. And he goes four in a row, four in a row. <laughs> it was because this is Patrick Maroon's fourth trip to the finals. He's won three, and he's looking for four. Can you imagine that? I mean, that Patty, first first of all, one team potentially winning three straight Stanley Cups in the Lightning, but Patrick Maroon going to the Stanley Cup final four times in a row and maybe winning it four times yeah, in a row. Yeah. So Patty, we were actually, when I was broadcasting the Oilers, Patty Maroon was on the Oilers and we were in San Jose when Patrick Maroon got traded from uh, the Oilers to the Devils at that time. And then he went to St. Louis. It was his hometown, took a big discount, scored a huge goal for them in the playoffs. And honestly, he, um, he is, he reminds me of Jumbo. He reminds me of Joe Thornton. He's He reminds me of Mario Ferraro. He's got the juice He's always chirping. He's funny. He's a really warm-hearted guy, tough as nails, competes like hell. But he's uh, he's one of those guys, and I've said it before, you cheer for guys like that. No doubt about that, especially the type of career that he's had to fight through. He's a fourth-line guy now, but yeah. he, he gives everything he's got. And speaking of that, the Lightning have been doing this uh, through the playoffs. They've been taking it for the team. Guys going down, going down the tunnel. Victor Hedman does it. Uh, Chernock uh-huh. does it in game number six. And John Cooper talked about that. It's been the tail of the playoffs for us, what those guys have done. I mean, it's been a parade down the town, a tunnel, and most of the time they all come back. Um, and, and that's you know part of winning that second round in four games. Um, it benefited us because I don't know how much more you know, we could have gone on had we had to play two nights later. And, and so, um, but it's that kind of warrior mindset that they they have and um it just bleeds into everybody and i i think they take it upon themselves it's almost like a badge of honor like to get back out on the bench and it's impressive to see again that word impressive from coach john cooper <laughs> when it when it comes all down to it what is it about this team that we're spending a lot of time on in this show that keeps them believing in the process through everything cooper gave us an idea it's growth is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset growth that has taken time. This didn't happen overnight. We were in the Stanley Cup final in 2015. Uh, we'd been swept the year before. Uh, we lost two. We lost a game seven in 2016. Didn't make the playoffs in 17. Lost in a game seven in the conference finals in 2018. I mean, you weren't asking me that question then. <laughs> Although you were covering another sport then, but, <laughs> but, and it, it takes time, but you have to give credit to like, you know, Jeff Vinnick and, and Steve Eiserman and Julian Brisebois, and they kept the group together, believing in the long term, and not just knee jerk reaction and saying, you know what, this has got to blow up because 2019 was an easy one. That was an easy out. And, but when you get knocked around and you get knocked down that many times and the team still comes back, you know you've got something. It just took us some time. And now they're back and they just keep coming back to back to back. And it's, uh, it's like I said, it, it's so awesome to be a part of, but it takes a lot of belief, a lot of courage, 
and a group from the owner all the way down to stick together and say, okay, this is our general manager and this is our coach and this is our captain and this is our goalie and this is our, and, then, and we're doing this together, even though there are going to be bumps in the road. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's paying off and they're, they're being rewarded for sticking with the group. Your thoughts on that? It's exactly what we just talked about, right? Yep. I mean, it's exactly, they, they, they had to learn, but it's sticking with it, believing in your people. That's what I like about this. It's believing in your people. I love when organizations do that. Nothing irks me more than, than when, when people in general just quit on somebody else. Now, I don't, there's sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to, there's guys you got to let go. Sometimes there's, there's friendships you have to end. But for the most part, it, when you believe in people and you stick with them, it's going to pay off. And that's what it did for Tampa. And it comes down to that one word, commitment, which everybody needs to have. The Lightning certainly have shown that. But there's another team also involved in this Stanley Cup final as well. And that brings us to the Colorado Avalanche, who have been off since Monday, June the 6th. They've got a chance to get over the bumps and the bruises. As we talked about in the last show, Drew, two very key members of this Avalanche team, Andrew Cogliano on the penalty-killing side, the former Shark, and Nazim Kadri up front, who's had a great series, have both had surgeries for similar injuries. They say that they're going to be out, obviously, to start the final. However, there's a good opportunity because of the extra rest that they've gotten that they could play for Colorado, and that would be huge if they can. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what was interesting in that series against the Edmonton Oilers, the conference finals for the Avalanche, was it didn't seem to affect them. Kadri will, because it was Kadri's, you know, it was the last game and he was out for, um, or sorry, it was the third, third game and he was out early in that game. And you miss him on so many levels, face-offs. He's that, he's that depth scorer you need in the second line. Andrew Cogliano, as you talked about, is a penalty care leader, veteran, confidence booster. Brings a lot of juice and energy to your team. But this is a team that is led by its superstars. Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog. Kadri is also one of them. Uh, Rantanen. This is a team that really feeds off the energy of those top guys. You can see it. And then, they, then they're relentless after that. They, you, you don't get a break once that they start rolling. And it was a high-flying series against Edmonton. Four straight, lots of goals, though. lots of room, lots of offensive skill. Tampa, as we saw, plays very well away from the puck and defensively. They're going to be a bigger challenge, the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously, than the Edmonton Oilers were, or the St. Louis Blues, or the Nashville Predators. But Colorado plays quick, 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 quick. Everywhere, quick. So that will be a big test for the older, uh, not as fast, not as quick, Tampa Bay Lightning. Colorado can play any way you want. You want to play a control game with them, they can do that. They, they prefer to play that quick game where they can explode on you, but it's going to be an interesting challenge also to see how Gabriel Landeskog and his teammates deal with the goaltender, Andre Vasilyevsky. In fact, Landeskog gave us a little scouting report on that. He's big. He's mobile. He's, 
makes good reads. Um, seems like he's he's a calm goalie that, that makes the stops he he needs to make. I mean, I, we obviously being in the West, them being in the East, you don't see him a whole lot during the year, and you know on TV you only see so much. But uh, yeah, best goalie in the league. One thing that the captain of the Avalanche says is that you cannot use any sort of excuse about the rust because of all of the rest that they've had. I don't think I would compare these playoff breaks, you know, seven, eight days uh, not playing a game to a COVID shutdown. But, you know, I think it's just a part of, you know, what we're doing. And, and the mindset that we have is just being ready, staying ready. Uh, you know, we're not using anything as an excuse. We're just... You know, if we're getting eight days off, we're getting eight days off and we're going to make sure we practice hard and we rest up and we're ready to go. And, you know, in between the St. Louis and Edmonton series, it was just only two or three days. And, and you know, you get ready for that. So um, there's just that's just the group we have. We get ready for what we need to do. And, um, you know, the rest is going to I've said it before and I said it after the first round and I said it after, you know, after the St. Louis round, I think, you know, rest is a good thing in the long run. So, yeah. Uh, We've had some good practices, and we got a couple more here, and be ready for Wednesday. Bo Byram is in this for the very first time, and he was echoing his captain's feelings about the confidence the the team has in facing the Lightning. Obviously, they're a, they're a really good team. They've won two back to back Stanley Cups, but we're confident in ourselves as well. Um, we have a really good team. It's not easy to get to the Cup final. So, um, like Gabe said, we're excited for the matchup. Um, yeah, they're a really good team, and we're going to have to play our best to beat them, but uh, we're excited for that challenge. What do you think, Drew? This is going to be a very intense series. It's going to be great. These are two of the best teams. Well, they are the best teams in the league. I have to admit I undersold or underestimated the Lightning's ability to do it again. I thought that they were going to be – their biggest challenge was against the Toronto Maple Leafs, games-wise, as far as it went seven. Um, so – that was always the one I thought they were going to have a tough time getting by. But after that, they have showed you why they are champions. And we were all impressed with Colorado this year. And the level at which they play the game, skill-wise, speed-wise, the intensity that they have, they're, they're a physical team. They are on you and they hit. They were a group that was very determining, as you said, Dan, your word, committed to proving that they are the top team in the league. They've went through those lessons. Again, like Tampa, John Cooper cited for us. They went through those losing lessons to get where they are too. I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to it. I think these playoffs have been so much fun to watch, but this final I'm really looking forward to because of the skill level, because of the grit level, because of what's at stake. You always like to have those feel-good stories, too, in the Stanley Cup final, and there were always some. When the Sharks went to the final, everybody was paying attention to Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe getting to the final for the very first time, and Colorado's got a story like that, too. 14 years in the NHL for a guy who was drafted number one overall back in 2006, and that's defenseman Eric Johnson. He's often forgotten, kind of in the back of the scene in Colorado because of Kale McCarr and because of all of these other players that are getting so much attention. But the guys in the locker room are really thrilled for this guy to get to the Stanley Cup final. And Bo Byram, a young defenseman, talked about Eric Johnson being there and what it means to him. I think EJ is obviously a huge part of our locker room. Um, he's a great guy. He's been awesome to me since I've been here. Uh, and just, you know, for him to have that opportunity after uh, a long career is is awesome. And obviously want to make the most of it. But, uh, yeah, I think I've learned 
um, tons from him. I think the biggest thing is just how he, he stays pretty even keel, you know, like not too much bothers him. Um, whether it's a mistake or whatever, we're down. He's always, he's always the same. He always brings energy. And, um, yeah, like, like, like Landy said, he's, uh, he's a huge part of our team and, um, it's awesome for, for guys like that to get an opportunity. Gabriel Landeskog had some things to say about that. I know EJ's very excited. I know he's put in, you know, he's got what, almost 12 years here and, and, uh, you know, he's put in a lot of work. He's had some tough injury luck the last handful of years. and um, But he just kept his head down and just kept working. Uh, and I think that's uh, – he's been leading by example and, and been been a good guy for, you know, for Kale and Bo and G and all these guys to, to lean on. Um, keeps a light in the locker room, which always helps when this time of year when, when you know, it could get a little nerve-wracking at times. But um, – so, yeah, I know it means a lot to him, and, and he's been playing great for us. It's a pretty big deal to get to the Stanley Cup final, finally. Remember the trade, Drew? Here it was, February of 2011. Eric Johnson traded from St. Louis with Jay McClement and a first-round pick, who was Duncan Siemens, to Colorado for Chris Stewart, Kevin Shattenkirk, and a second-round pick, which turned out to be Ty Reddy. Wow. Wow. I mean, some good players involved in that. Yeah, but- yeah. You know, when the Sharks acquired Joe Thornton, you said it. When you get the best player, you won the trade, and it looks like they got the best player. They got the best player, without a doubt. He and Landis Scott are close. One of the things, Eric Johnson's a horse racing guy. Um, he owns horses, and, and one of his horse's names is Landis Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, they're very close. And Eric Johnson, he's a, he's a veteran. He's, he's, he earns, has earned everything. Comes from the uh, U.S. National Development Program. Uh, he's a, was a star back then. Um, but as we see with guys that come in and they're high draft choices and they, they play, they have some injuries. and They just, the good ones adapt. The good ones change their game. The good ones just keep fighting and finding a way to make a positive presence on their team. Well, I think there's lots of positive presences coming up for the Stanley Cup final, which begin on Wednesday. That's all for our Stanley Cup playoff report for today. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup playoff report. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.